Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing conniving credit bureaus, pet repossessions, and van life woes. And by van life woes, you mean hashtag van life. Oh, got to live the woes. hashtag life. <laughs> That's right. This is our Friday flight where we are going to talk about the most important stories that we came across this week. But first, we wanted to mention the winners of the book giveaway. We picked five random subscribers to the newly launched newsletter uh, that started this past week. And so Addie M, Zach S, Ahmad A, Lauren K, and Jamie Z, <laughs> you should all be receiving an email from us asking for your mailing address. I didn't say your full names because privacy <laughs> is important. But we wanted to, to let you five and everyone else who subscribed uh, know that we are thankful for you. We are really excited about how this newsletter has kicked off. And yeah, we, uh, we're hoping to get into your inbox in the weeks to come. That's right. We've got um, good feedback already from a lot of listeners who enjoy that first edition. There's more to come. The second edition hits on Tuesday and every Tuesday thereafter, thereafter for um, the rest of eternity. I think we will have a How to Money newsletter. What was that show? I think it was on you. 
USA. Was it like Morning Edition? No, that's a that's like an NPR show. What was the? There was a show where the guy would get the newspaper, tomorrow's newspaper that day, and, oh, yeah. and there was like the whole premise was he had to like save people's lives that were gonna <laughs> yeah. die. I don't remember what that was called, but I, yeah, I think I was show my mom <laughs> when, liked. When you say edition, that's what it, it makes me think about the newspaper. Either way, if you have not yet subscribed, head over to howtomoney.com forward slash newsletter. You can sign up there and hear from us there in your inbox. But Joe, before we get to our stories, I wanted to share a quick little story for folks. Um, And that is, if you are a homeowner or you live in a house, I want you to pay attention to the trees around your house. Not just your house, but the actual trees as well. And I say this because a neighbor of ours, they've had this tree in their yard. Uh, It's had vines growing up it for years. I can't remember the last time that it leafed out and actually looked like it was alive. Um, And they had been working towards trying to get that thing taken down, but they hadn't yet. And you know where this is going. Uh, Recently, we had a a storm, some wind, and it blew that tree over. And this was a big tree uh, and it crushed their house. Luckily, nobody was hurt, but definitely poked a big old hole in the roof. I mean, it like crushed the roof and I don't know, it may have caused some other structural damage as well. The reason they didn't take it down, I think they were working with the other neighbors to try to see how they could maybe split the cost because it was mm. on the like the property line or whatever. But either way, they took too long, and now they have to deal with a headache. They're they're having to deal with insurance. They're having to deal with a hole in the roof. They're, you know, there might be water damage every single time it rains, and I'm I'm sure they did use their insurance, so it's likely being paid for. But what that means is that they're likely going to have higher future premiums, uh, annual premiums for their homeowner's insurance that maybe they got kicked off of their current plan. But all that to say, all of that could have been avoided just by getting an arborist out there, getting a tree company to take that thing down ahead of time. And so I think the the moral of the story <laughs> is show some maintenance, show some love, not only to your house, but your, your property as well. Pay attention to the trees to avoid some of these financial headaches down the road. I thought you were going to say the moral of the story is trees are a nuisance and we should cut them all down cut them all down i was gonna pretend to be the lorax over here and speak for the trees we love old trees i mean we've got i mean in our backyard we've got two at least a hundred year old water oaks i don't know i mean they seem to be in great health but they are massive they're a little bit scary we love them uh and they also help to keep the house cool a little bit too yeah they do i I love the big old trees around here and what what you said actually there about yeah exactly and what you just said about keeping the house cool makes me think of our first story. So let's move on. Let's get to our Friday flights. And it's just sampling of stories we found interesting this week and how they pertain to your personal finances. And the first story we wanted to cover is about eliminating some of those energy costs from your life. And, plant plant uh, a bunch of trees. <laughs> plant a bunch Don't of trees. Cut the- trees down <laughs> <laughs> is, is one way to do it well vox had an interesting article this week about the power of insulation and they were basically saying that it can help fight climate change and while that might be true it can also be a big money saver for you while simultaneously making your home more comfortable like you were talking about there matt like a nice shade tree mm-hmm. but they state in the article that buildings are responsible for more than 40 percent of the energy consumption in the u.s and that more than half of that goes to heating and cooling those buildings. So it's a big waste of energy, right? Heating and cooling are the little boxes that we live in. Uh, <laughs> central heating and air are obviously wonderful inventions. Like, I don't want them to go away, especially in the middle of Atlanta summers, right? That air conditioning makes living here in the middle of August bearable. But sure. uh, insulating your home well is a big part of making your heating and cooling more efficient and less costly. So that's one of those things where, yeah, pay attention to your trees. Make sure that you don't have a dead one that's about to fall in, fall in your house. That's even more important than insulation. But, but then insulating your home 
well is an upgrade that will save you money for months and years to come. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like this is probably the least sexy story we could talk about right now. Like <laughs> right now, everybody wants to talk about Elon Musk. They want to talk about Twitter. This is like the opposite of we Twitter. We haven't talked about that at all. <laughs> well, it, there's there, not really a money There's angle. not really a financial implication there uh, as it pertains to us as individuals right, uh, if you, on a personal level. If you had $50 billion, would you buy Twitter? If I had fifty billion, if I had more than fifty billion, maybe sure. <laughs> I, mean, I was listening to somebody had mentioned it, that it's almost like buying a uh, like a basketball team. They're thinking, what else am I going to do with all of this money? But uh, yeah, maybe I would. Who knows? Yeah, I guess Elon started asking the question, why don't I buy the fifteenth most popular social media site? <laughs> why not? Um, but we are talking about insulation, and I I think this is worth bringing up. You know, especially as we're nearing some of the warmer months of the year. But the great thing is that adding insulation to your home, first of all, it's not terribly difficult nor is it expensive, right? And that one-time act of putting some insulation in your attic can have significant impacts on your utility bills for, for years to come. One of the things I, I love about it, you, I mean, literally, it's like setting it and forgetting it, right? You don't have to, you know, we're talking about sexy technology, Elon Musk, it makes me think of like Tesla. It makes me think about like solar panels and like the Tesla home batteries and all of that stuff. Insulation, is so much better that like <laughs> like this dumb tech is is so much better like you don't have to worry about your insulation getting hacked you don't have to worry about your insulation like a software update for your <laughs> for, for your insulation it's not dependent on other technologies uh, and so I, I think this is one way that something that is so incredibly basic can easily get overlooked I saw that some estimates say that 90% of American homes don't have enough insulation uh, so chances are that you are in that camp yourself uh, and so you can go the the DIY insulation route um, or you can pay a company to show up and, and to do the work for you obviously you're going to save more money if you tackle this project yourself but don't forget to see if your utility company if your power company will pay you to make your home more energy efficient because many of them will our power company georgia power they offer a 250 dollars rebate or, or credit towards attic insulation it won't cover the entire cost but it's a big help uh, especially if you do it yourself i don't know what the cost of insulation is these days i have not purchased it myself recently, but I'm guessing if you live in a moderately sized home, I'm guessing you can buy a good amount of the pink stuff for, for 250 bucks. Right. And that stuff does the job in most cases. You don't have to even go with the fancy like spray foam insulation, which which is nice. It just it's going to cost you a good bit more. I like yeah, I love watching the videos of that stuff, like when they're applying it, and then they, you get to watch it expand. That's right. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff I nerd out on. It's cool, cool uh, product. And I hope that as they're building homes, that's one of the biggest things that needs to happen. As we're building new homes, we need to make them much more energy efficient just to to cut down on some of the waste from um, heating and cooling homes. But Matt, let's move on. Let's talk about van life because uh, there was an article that made me think this week that maybe van life is a bit overrated. One of the first interviews, do you remember this, that we did on How to Money was with a couple who spent years on the road traveling mm -hmm. the country in a van they built themselves. Chris and Chris. Chris and Christy. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Close, though. Uh, I remember they had the same name. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it sounded like fun as they were like regaling us with their stories in the Instagram photos they posted made it look even more romantic and I actually just saw that they're they're getting off the road. So they've been doing it for yeah. multiple years. What was, I, I saw that, too. What is their handle? I forget. Wasn't it? Yeah, life opted out, I believe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. They had like a whole angle of uh, how they're approaching life. Yes. And so now they're settling down, but they had a good run, I think, while it lasted. And uh, in New York Times article this week painted a hilariously bleak picture of what it's like <laughs> to be in a van 24-7. You know, most of us were used to seeing 
only the highlights, only the sunsets, only the good stuff. Well, the author in this piece readily admitted that she's likely the world's worst driver, so maybe it wasn't the best fit to be living in a van, uh, living in a home that you drive around yourself. But she actually documented how difficult it was um, for for her to assemble the bed in the tent on top of the van at night, the uh, difficulty of cooking meals with the wind whipping around, and then the frustrations of being stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic in a place like Yosemite National Park. And so, um, yeah, it's not on like what they were used to at home with a lot of frustrations popping up. It's funny. I remember when we talked to, to Chris and Christy and they talked about some of those outdoor meals or it gets dark and you're still trying to do some things. And so do the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the pictures make it look perfect, but in reality, it's it's far from it. Yeah, I remember they, did, they didn't paint like an overly idyllic picture. Uh, that was actually, I looked it up, that was back in episode 78, so that was a while ago. Yeah, it was. But they were real about the difficulties of living life full-time on the road. I remember specifically one of the stories they shared, they were talking about how important it is to find a level place to park at night, because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise they're like waking up, just like smashed into each other on, on one side of the van. But the biggest downside, I think to me, would be the lack of just routine, just the regularity, you know, being away from, from community for such an extended period of time. But I think it, it's just so easy easy to idealize and even to idolize something like van life if you only follow the hashtag pictures of of the youths uh, wandering around the country taking uh, in sunsets. youngsters in their vans. <laughs> avoiding any sort of uh, you know normal office work. And I think the reality of leaving a normal life and you know leaving that in the dust, it could be more difficult. I, I think the takeaway here is that Finding happiness, like it's not as simple as hitting the road and and traveling the country. Um, Taking that further, I think it's definitely not as easy as just maybe buying the latest gadget or you know the the latest thing that Amazon suggests to you. It's going to take some some real hardcore introspection, uh, and it's not as simple as just following whatever hashtag you know that might be showing up in your feed. Yeah, personal happiness is not just of hashtag van life uh, ride away. It's not a product. It's, it's not necessarily a lifestyle. That's right. So yeah. it made me think actually of a, another story we read this week that was written by Joshua Becker. He's the becoming minimalist guy. And he writes about kind of time, money, and happiness on occasion because those are the, that's the kind of place he lives in. And so I think at the root of some of these desires to live this life, to ditch the mainstream, is thinking that it's going to bring us greater happiness. Like having some of those experiences is going to turn us into the people that we want to be. And I think this is why, according to a recent study, uh, 79% of folks think that more money equals more happiness. And in that article, Joshua Becker, he proposed that basically it's actually it's actually more time that's going to lead to more happiness. Time actually might be the greater currency of happiness. It's not dollars. Mm. And it comes down to what you plan to do with that time, of course, right? If you, if you pour it into important relationships and into meaningful work, then you're more likely to have a higher quality of life. Uh, that's according to another recent study in Harvard Business Review. But if you spend time, if you, if you uh, find a way to accrue more time, then you spend it endlessly scrolling, like buying, buying crap you don't need, perusing your favorite websites for more things to fill your closet when it's already mostly full, then all the time in the world isn't going to make you happier either. I think that's an important thing to note. I think it's an important conversation for us to have as money guys, and we want people to get better with their money. We want people to save more. We want people to build wealth. But at the same time, if you think too much about that, if you know, accruing more and more money becomes the number one thing in your life, you're missing out on the things that actually make life worth living. Yeah. You don't want to, to make money in and of itself the the end, yeah. right? Like it's a means to an end. And I do think a lot of folks might be listening to this and they're like, man, why, why are these dudes talking so much about happiness? That's kind of weird. Uh, but 
look, we, we truly do see money as a tool, right? Like we're not talking about how you can spend as little money as possible or how you can earn as much money as possible or, or how smartly you can invest your money. It's not about the money in and of itself. It's what you choose to do with that money in a similar way. It's what you choose to do with your time because we're all trying to, to a certain extent, we're all seeking happiness. Uh, and so we want you to make these purchases and these decisions well aware as to what it is that you're actually seeking after. Oftentimes that takes um, introspection. It takes some time yes. to really figure that out. We, we actually, this is probably a good time to actually mention again that we have a resource on the website where people can do some of that introspection. We actually help ask some questions. It's a two-page printout. And if you spend 30 minutes with that, I think it will be helpful in, in uh, showing you what truly matters, what you actually value, and then helping align your money and your life. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. Absolutely. It's our HTM money mission statement. We'll link to that. Uh, Joel, while we're talking about happiness, a recent Gallup poll reports that more Americans are pessimistic about their finances. Naturally, inflation has a lot to do with this, but it is worth pointing out that we are not necessarily closer to a recession just because a lot of folks are bummed about <laughs> the, the higher prices that we're all experiencing. Uh, we talked about the potential for a recession a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, who knows whether or not we will actually enter one. Uh, but news this week, it did reflect a decline in GDP and the gross domestic product. So you're hearing that R word being thrown around more because it, of it. It's true. Yeah, yeah. For the first quarter of this year. And so remember, it, it takes two quarters of a declining GDP. That's the definition of being in a recession. But here's the thing. The main driver of this negative uh, GDP figure was the fact that we are importing so many things because consumer demand remains high. We've got a tremendous amount of cash on hand still. Uh, we are buying stuff left left and right. The job market it is still incredibly healthy. It does not look like we are currently entering a recession, even though... Like, I think what had happened here is that these rising prices, it sparks a fear of recession. And so it kind of goes around. There's a, what is the Google sort of report where they're able to, to tell you what folks have been searching recently? Uh, uh, I don't know. But recession was, it peaked it's like a, a couple weeks ago, actually. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't think it's any coincidence that you see uh, the, that, that term coinciding with what people are experiencing. And they think something bigger might be on the horizon. And while it's worth us kind of keeping tabs on that, it is not something that you want to over consume yourself with. And, and you remember in that episode, we talked about the fact that a personal recession can happen at any time. And That's so it's right. basic you, you personal wanna, finance planning. You want to focus on what it yeah. is that you can control. It's crucial no matter what's happening in the overall broader economy. So that's something to be aware of. Like, yeah, are we going to enter into a recession? Potentially. Uh, could we avoid it? Sure. <laughs> and so we'll, we'll keep talking about kind of what's happening in the broader economy, but, but we focus even more on what you can do in your own personal life exactly. to shore things up in case things go awry macroeconomically or, you know, in the, the micro version in your own home. That's right. So, all right, Matt, we've got more stories to get to, including one about leasing animals. It's kind of weird, uh, and it's actually illegal in a lot of places. We'll talk about that in just a minute right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. 
They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, we're back. We're going to continue with our Friday flight. I feel like we got deep uh, in the first half of this episode, but just so you know, we're going to get to some very easier to digest, practical, everything we talk about here, we try for it to be practical, but maybe easier to, to actually implement. Yeah, I, we, <laughs> talk, we waited into some of that Arthur Brooks territory yeah, <laughs> for a second about yeah, happiness. Exactly. So like we're the happiness guru. Uh. <laughs> but we, we're going to talk about cryptocurrencies. We're going to talk about some credit cards here later on. But first, let's get to our ludicrous headline of the week. Uh, this one comes from the New York Times and it reads, the Federal Consumer Bureau sued trans union 
and a former executive over deceptive sales tactics. And the TLDR of <laughs> this ludicrous headline is that TransUnion sucks. <laughs> uh, the, the CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, uh, they're going after not just the company, not just TransUnion itself, but even a former employee who was instrumental himself in tricking individuals into signing up for recurring monthly fees, specifically to buy unnecessary products yeah. that fattened TransUnion's wallet uh, while providing very little service to their customers. Folks who are just looking for a free credit report, they ended up accidentally signing up for things like paid credit monitoring, which you know we all know is basically worthless. Mm, yep. Even the, the free monitoring is basically unnecessary as well, because we all have the guaranteed federal access to actually freezing our credit. For free. That's, that's the term that you want to keep in mind. You want to freeze your credit. You don't want to lock it. You don't want it monitored. You want it frozen if you're looking to protect your credit. So all I can say is that the credit bureaus should be held to account when they break the law. And so it's a, it's a good thing that the CFPB is on the scene. And as a reminder, we do have a resource. We, we've got an article up on the site that we'll link to uh, uh, that explains how it is that you can legitimately freeze your credit. For free. And Matt, how long yeah. does it take people to do that? I've literally taught myself before. We, we shared this like maybe last year, a couple of years like ago. Five minutes? I, literally, I think Not I was even. able to do all three because I've got all my passwords saved and all that. I, I think I could do each one in under one minute. Yeah. So if someone, <laughs> out, literally there, takes no time. If someone out there says, oh man, yeah, I'd love to do that, but it's going to be a waste of my time. I'm really busy. That's not a good excuse because this really does take basically no time. And what it, the hassle it can prevent in your life is, is meaningful. It can save you from uh, a big pain in the neck if someone does open credit as if they were you trying to steal your identity. So follow through with that freeze your credit doesn't cost you a dime and yeah transunion stop uh, screwing people over and trying to get them to sign up for things that cost 25 bucks a month that are basically worth zero dollars yeah uh, all right matt let's talk about something else that we don't like at all and it is uh, leasing an animal <laughs> and so we're not talking about like workhorses uh <laughs> where this is like a business uh yeah. equipment it might be different if you're plowing fields and you need a beast of burden it in order a, to help you with that task and it had to have been 100 years ago <laughs> right. but even then i don't was leasing even a thing yeah, i don't know there's tractors and there's uh modern machinery to help you with that task but the tractors today like drive themselves man have you seen these things are they self-driving yeah okay well, it uses ai I mean, I believe it. <laughs> it sounds like sounds like the future uh, is here. But one of the one of the things that this is less about beast of burden. This was mostly actually about there was an article in Forbes about leasing pets, leasing animals, and really in any situation, leasing things is is often a bad idea. It's not something that we like. But you, and usually we're talking about leasing a car, which is something we're not big fans of. But leasing an animal seems like an even worse thing because it, it turns out that dog leases are a real thing, which I didn't know about until I read this article. I was like, I thought people just bought their animals or you know maybe they put it on a credit card or something like that. But <laughs> there's no chance of getting your animal repossessed, is there? No. Well, yeah. it, it turns out it turns out there is. It's a legal lease, by the yeah. way. Like you said dog leases and it, it, like you immediately think a dog leash. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, dog leashes are out there. No, no dog leases well so like it, renting a dog. this is illegal in a handful of states but 42 states still allow this practice and the attorney general of massachusetts is cracking down on some of these companies who are still offering to lease you a dog but beware of anyone telling you that you can pay for a new animal or you know your new best friend in installments you know we want you to pay for your animal in full at the time of purchase anyway and you could get hoodwinked into leasing that new new pup and we, we we don't want you to do that and by the way if you're trying to buy some sort of expensive animal that you can't afford look to adopt a rescue instead and usually you can do that really inexpensively matt we uh, rescue two 
kittens from a place not too far away and it, it cost us like fifty dollars total and they sent us home with like food and a, yeah. a carrier and all this it was, stuff it was a bogo buy yeah. one get one it was cheap man <laughs> it was cheap to get those animals and so i just want to say like if you're looking for one of these specialty animals it costs a lot of money and you're going to do some sort of lease to purchase thing well there's a chance if you miss your payment they're going to come snag your pet and which is that sounds horrific that sounds horrific so make sure you've got the money it sounds brutal man like it's got to be hard enough to have like your car repossessed right, right? like that's one thing but to actually have like what a lot of people would say is a member of their family taken away like that sounds pretty traumatic oh i did I'm getting some like mental pictures of what that could look like <laughs> with like a, a young child on the front porch having the animal ripped out of uh, their hands by... I, I will say so back in the day when like when kate and i were thinking about getting a dog pre-kids we would go to the dog park and sit there and we we're the like those weirdos that would show up and like look at dogs and <laughs> but i feel like we were just doing our doing our due diligence where we were talking to owners getting to know like the temperaments of different animals so first of all I'll, i want to recommend that because i think that's a, a smart way to go if you're considering a dog but we would always joke about how man i really wish we had a dog now and then we would joke about actually having like a dog rental business where it's like okay you, you show up to the corner all of these dogs right here uh you pick which one you want but they all need to be walked <laughs> and you can just like walk around the park you've got a dog you, you know you play with them pet them throw the ball some but then after that you're probably like okay i think i want to go home and kind of get back to my, my normal <laughs> life <laughs> nice having you for a couple hours like pup. Th- there might be uh, an actual business opportunity out there that doesn't involve getting getting your your actual pet repossessed uh joel let's talk about how it looks like there is Bitcoin available to a lot of folks in their 401k. So one of our favorite low-cost investment houses, Fidelity, they are allowing investors to put up to 20% of their retirement dollars in Bitcoin inside of their 401ks. Ooh, there are, what could go wrong with this? <laughs> a lot could go wrong. There are a lot of things that can go wrong when you allow people to invest money for retirement in incredibly volatile assets like cryptocurrencies. But here's the thing, this might surprise a lot of folks, but we're actually, we're kind of okay with this. Uh, we, we, we tend to err on the side of freedom, the ability to do stupid things, even if it's not necessarily a good idea. I think you should still have the the option to do that. That's uh, if spoken you want like to. a true American, my friend. <laughs> like if you want to go, if you want to put on a squirrel suit and go, uh, what is what, the glide diving or whatever, it, <laughs> whatever it's called. Space called. jumping? Or, yeah, you know, like the squirrel suits, whatever, uh-huh. where they're like flying through the air. Or if you want to, you know, like go mountain climbing without ro- uh, ropes like uh, Alex Honnold. Like, I don't think that should necessarily be illegal. Uh, we want people to know all the rules and to know what the consequences are. But if that's something you're into, because there, you know, there's a chance that you will see outsized returns in crypto, you should be allowed to do that. Uh-huh. I don't know if I agree with you on that last thing i'm not sure i 100 percent believe that that people are likely to see outsized returns in crypto i'm not seeing folks are likely but there's some people out there who, who might think that yeah there are some people who who definitely think that there's some people who are sold out to that mm-hmm. but i mean i think i agree with you because if you're if your 401k is with fidelity and you have that option later this year that's fine. It just doesn't mean that you need to be taking advantage of it. No. Um, and, and there are a lot of people who are... Most most people probably shouldn't. ...wisely going to avoid it. And so, yeah, if you do decide, if you, your 401k is with Fidelity and your employer allows this option, well, it's probably smart to keep your exposure minimal. We're talking 5% or less of your overall investments. And yeah. so, it's funny, I really like Vanguard's statement on this. There are other favorite low-cost investment house, and they said, and I quote, since cryptocurrencies are highly speculative in their current states, Vanguard 
Vanguard believes their long-term investment case is weak. And so, <laughs> so we love both of <laughs> these companies, true. but yeah. I, I tend to agree with Vanguard on this. I, I have a very, very small minimal exposure to the cryptocurrency market, mm-hmm. but it is not something I'm looking to add to, and it is not exactly. something that I am banking, paying for my future retirement. This is a slippery slope, and so I get why it's being offered, but people need to tread cautiously when they get the ability to actually take advantage of this. Yes. Dude, speaking of crypto, did you know that uh, crypto mortgages are, are now a thing as well? <laughs> I. What does that involve? <laughs> so, I mean, so last year, folks had the uh, ability to use digital currency as a down payment, you know, with, with certain lenders. But Bloomberg, they reported that uh, folks are now buying properties with no money down. Uh, and the, the lenders, they're, they're specifically doling out loans based on that borrower's crypto holdings. Oh, wow. So they're using <laughs> their crypto as collateral. Exactly. They're borrowing against it. And so this is totally on the lender. I wouldn't do it if I was the lender. I, th- I mean, again, this right. is an incredibly volatile asset. Like we're not even looking to replace actual dollars with crypto, right? Like let alone like some folks are, are now getting paid in it. But now we're talking about taking it a step further where you're actually borrowing against those holdings. Yeah. And if you're putting no money down on a home loan uh, and you're just banking on the collateral of your crypto portfolio, there's a, I'm guessing there's going to be a much higher likelihood that you end up getting foreclosed on <laughs> Because you have no skin in the game. Yeah, speaking of car repossessions and pet re- repos, how about right. a house repo? Exactly. That's called a foreclosure. <laughs> that sounds pretty rough, too. Well, let's talk about credit cards for a second, Matt, because uh, merchant processing fees are, are going up. Visa and MasterCard, they, those companies have done pretty well from themselves. They, they make a nice living charging merchants for the ability to take credit cards at their place of business. It's basically an essential thing for almost any business these days. Like if you try to go against the grain and not accept credit cards, maybe some businesses can get away with it, but most most folks will walk away. Makes me think of when Aldi actually transitioned to taking credit cards. And I was thrilled because then I could use my Amex Blue Cash Preferred to get that 6% at Aldi even, whereas before it was writing a check or using a debit card. Yeah, using that debit card. I was like, this is You were writing checks, were you? No, I wasn't actually. But some people do. All right, Grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the last time I've written a check. It's been a while. We've talked about this. I I know the last time I did is for childcare because so many of the different uh, daycare centers, they're not really set up. And I get it. They're keeping their costs minimal. That's right. But a lot of them oftentimes too are churches and they're not really necessarily looking to embrace the newest technology. Right. And the swipe fees actually, they accounted for a grand total of $138 billion in revenue Jeez. last year for these companies. And it turns out that they're ramping up the fees that they'll be charging most businesses even more. And the credit card system, uh, here's the thing, it, it works great for folks who pay off their credit cards in full and on time each month. These swipe fees well, you're actually getting better rewards because of the fact that merchants are charged swipe fees. And so they do mean that everything we buy costs a little bit more, but smart consumers still come out ahead because of those rewards. And so the, the toughest thing, Matt, I hate that what I hate is is some of the smaller businesses have the toughest time absorbing these increases. They have to pass that cost directly onto their customer or they have to try to find other ways to kind of gently coax uh, their customers into other forms of payment so that they can avoid that expense. That's right. Otherwise, that craft beer that you're used to getting, it might cost a uh, dollar more the next time you, Maybe you head 50 out. Cents. Maybe not a dollar. <laughs> uh, so speaking of credit cards, uh, let's mention actually a couple deals that we saw this week. And the first one involves a credit card sign-up bonus. The Chase Sapphire Preferred Card, that's one of our favorite travel-specific credit cards. It has just ramped up uh, its sign-up offering to 80,000 points when you spend $4,000 within the first three months. And so if you are in the camp of folks who want to hop in a plane, uh, maybe sooner rather than later this 
this year, but you'd prefer to do it with points instead of dollars, this card is well worth considering if you, you don't already have it. Uh, just don't go into debt for, for a sign-up bonus, though. Obviously, only take advantage if you would be spending that much already. You don't want We don't want you signing up for this card in the pursuit of this points to cause you to blow your budget. Yeah, 4000 bucks in three months is a lot of money, so only do it if it's spending you're already planning on partaking in. One more deal we should mention, too, is if you've been waiting for a great sale to buy an e-bike, now might be a great time for you to pounce because Rad Power Bikes actually has some models on sale right now. And Matt, I've been riding a Rad Wagon. I've had two different iterations mm-hmm. of the Rad Wagon. I've loved both of them. Well, they've got just a couple of their models on sale. We'll put a link in the show notes too. Um, if, if getting out of the car more and getting onto your bike is kind of a goal of yours, but you're like, ah, oh, mine's all, all rusted and stuff like that. And I want something with a little bit of juice. I think this is a good option. And a lot of people tend to like the Rad Power Bikes. I've actually written a review of the Rad Wagon, my take on it. We'll, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. That's right, man. I bet you'll do some riding around on that Rad Wagon even this weekend. All signs point to yes. Uh, it's supposed to be good weather here in Atlanta. But uh, we hope everyone that you have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. We've got a great listener questions episode lined up for you. So you can look forward to that one. Uh, Joel, until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.